the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am your host, John Schofield. Joining me is the co-host, Ward Carroll, and also our special guest, Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. We are here to bring you the pregame for Temple University on Saturday, and let's jump right into it. Navy plays Temple at 6 p.m. at Navy Marine Corps Stadium, and as Bill Wagner reported in the last 24 to 48 hours, as he is the master of breaking news, there is a very big variable Uh, that will make this game, this home game, different from the BYU game. So, Bill, without any further ado, what is that variable? The Brigade of Midshipmen will be in attendance at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium on Saturday night. It's a great development for Navy, as uh, we all agree, the atmosphere for the BYU season opener was just non-existent, and it affected the players, as Ward will comment when he comes on, because he was on the field and he, he could feel the palpable uh, nothingness that was there. Um, I think what really got this in motion is the superintendent of the Naval Academy, Vice Admiral Sean Buck, attended the Navy Air Force game, and he he sensed the cadets in attendance really gave Air Force a lift. And it was Admiral Buck's decision that we've got to make this happen for this next home game at Navy, and he. Uh, Petition to the governor, the state of Maryland, the county executive, uh, Anne Arundel County, to allow the brigade to attend, and uh, they got the approval, and so it's a go. Uh, the only thing we don't know is whether there will be a they'll march from the Naval Academy to the stadium, or whether they'll simply be bussed. But either way, they'll be there, socially distanced by company. And uh, Ward, what do you think of this? I think it's fantastic. So this has been in work since literally halftime at the BYU game. Um, As I've mentioned on the show before, I spoke with Admiral Buck at halftime, uh, and he committed to working with the governor's office to get the brigade in the stands for the next home game. And at that time, remember, the Temple game was supposed to be earlier in the season, um, you know, at the end of September. So he had more time to do it. I think you're right, Wags. It was an aha moment for him at Air Force. Um, and it is the X factor that we've commented on on the show before. And this is a great development. Some of the devil is in the details as you were musing about how will they get from the yard to the stadium. Um, I doubt it'll be buses. That, that doesn't really work in terms of uh, the social distancing, um, viral soaking piece. So uh, also, what uniform are they going to be in? Um, you know, are they going to wear the, the camis or are they going to wear... SDBs. Have they shifted to SDBs yet? Do we know, uh, John? Um, so I think they're in uh, winter working blues and SDBs now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you know these decisions are made seriously at the CNO's office with our good friend Admiral Charlie Brown as Chinfo, sort of chopped in with the optics. Um, I think the 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 best most practical uniform would be um, the the. Camis, whatever we're calling that officially, I, I'm, I'm dated here, but uh, um, but we'll see. And again, good news. This is great. Um, so uh, I look forward to. I, what did you call it? Palpable nothingness, Wags. That's poetic. That's exactly it was right. Poetic. That, that's it, what it, it, that's what it was. It, 
it's not as poetic as NWU Type Three, which is the uniform uh, moniker you're looking oh, for. But palpable yes. nothingness is is is, uh, is pure wags right there. So I'm glad I'm armed with that because I can go to the mid great in your NWU Type Three. That would be a great icebreaker. There's there is a there is quite an alchemy with the NWU Type Three and the palpable nothingness that exists in this. I'm not using life. alchemy ever again, <laughs> despite you. <laughs> you've ruined podcast that bingo for our <laughs> listeners uh, <laughs> Alpha, uh, nothingness uh, nwus <laughs> i used to love that word i'm going back to zeitgeist <laughs> you know what i found interesting guys is that you know the midshipmen have been stuck on that yard so much and i i know they've received liberty the last few weekends limited liberty as it's called but uh there's midshipmen complaining about being forced to attend the football game instead of having to be you know, their own free time to do what they please. And I'm hearing a rumor, not confirmed yet, that the soup is going to grant overnight liberty on Sunday night to make up for the fact that they're not that they're having to go to a football game Saturday night. I mean, I, I was never a midshipman, but I I don't see where having to go to a football game is such a bad thing, guys. Tell me. Well, so let, let me give you my perspective <laughs> on that. So I, I hated it. You know, my, my very abbreviated time at, at West Point, I, I literally hated having to go to football games because, you know, Saturdays were the days where you weren't getting heft with by the upper class, you know, like you were, you had time to make up, you know, where you were behind in your studies. You had time to kind of reset. And and just and just calm down from from the madness. Um, now that was that's dated. That's back in 1991. But you know, I think it brings up an interesting debate, which is this: if a midshipman goes to his chain of command, his or her chain of command, and says, "I am concerned about the requirements being levied upon me in terms of being in a stadium during a pandemic." Is there a consideration of that and in saying, well, hey, you know, this is a unique time. This isn't last year where we march you, um, you know, from the Naval Academy over to Navy Marine Corps Stadium and make you watch a game because that's just the way it is. You know, I'm going to sound a little bit like Bruce Fleming here, but the pandemic makes us reevaluate a great many things that, that we just used to say, well, that's just the way we've always done it. In this particular case, I, I, I wonder, like, why? Why do you make them go? Um, and if they don't want to go, do you consider that? I mean, Ward, you're you, you and Chris are the ones with the most first person you know experience here. What, what's your take on it? Um, well, let me go first, and I'll hand it over to Chris. So I was a Division One varsity athlete in a different sport, so I missed a lot of home football games because of regattas. Um, but um, I enjoyed going as a mid. I love the marchovers. I love the atmosphere. I love tailgating. 21st Company always had a tailgater. Um, so I never viewed it as uh, uh, something I was made to do. But that sentiment has been around since they were playing in the late 1800s on Thompson Field. Um, so it's basically intramural warriors that are, you know, the typical amount of cynicism. Um, so that's part of it always, but they call it a movement order, right? It's an order that mobilizes the brigade to go to the stadium. So last I checked, um, naval officers follow orders. Um, and if we start parsing out, you know, sort of in the COVID environment, what I want to do and what I don't want to do, 
um, then we're really going to have a slippery slope here. And I'm sure that the, the superintendent, the commandant, Bados company officers have stymied that from the jump. Um, so um, I'm sure that uh, the justification, they can look you in the face and go, this is a support of the mission. This is, you know, we're going to support the organization by your presence uh, and we need you to be there. You know, thank you for following orders, midshipmen. A very good take, Chris. What's your uh, what's your take on the whole thing? My take is not that different than Ward's. My advice would be, uh, and this is one of those: <laughs> trust the old guy, enjoy the game, enjoy a beautiful fall evening in Annapolis. Go out there and root for a football team that really needs as much support as they can get from a student body that's been caught up on the yard and hasn't had a chance to get out and do anything like this. So, yeah, I mean, I understand the complaining. I I was a mid. I bitched and moaned about stupid things, too. Um, But, uh, you know, just enjoy the game. Have fun. So um, let's pivot from that. And, and I think that's a very good take that, and, and for Ward to use slippery slope is very apropos in that, yeah, yeah this, is, this is an order. This is what you do. This is what you sign up for. There, there are many things. I mean, I can, I can create a laundry list of ridiculous things that midshipmen do just because they've always done it. Like I can talk about the mate watch all day long, you know, like, you know, come on. When, when you have, I actually won't even get into it. So let's, let's go right into the actual game itself. Now, now Wags, you made an allusion to this in an earlier pod that, that midshipmen in the stands or no midshipmen in the stands. This is no, this is no easy day for Navy on Saturday night uh, with a temple team. That's very physical, very well coached. You, you talked about you know, the, the coaching history of Temple with, you know, going from Al Golden to Matt Rule to the current coaching administration, which is very talented. What do you think Navy is going to run into Saturday night? Well, no doubt this is going to be a very uh, challenging matchup. Uh, you were on uh, Coach Ken Niamatololo's presser where he called Temple the standard bearer in the American Athletic Conference for physicality. And I was uh, amazed. Uh, Temple has 26 players in the NFL currently. That's a, a remarkable number for a program, which, you know, you don't associate Temple with the Alabamas and, uh, you know, with Texas's of the world. But 26 NFL players is very impressive. And that tells you, and I think what Ken Niamatololo mentioned, that Temple has done an incredible job of going after like three-star recruits. They're not getting the four and five-star recruits, but they're getting the really good three-star recruit who has a chip on their shoulder and they develop them. That Temple has done a very good job of developing players. So this is going to be a difficult game, John. Temple was very, very physical and tough on the defensive side of the ball. They're athletic. Anthony Russo, the quarterback, threw for over 2,000 yards last season. As we already spoke about the sophomore tailback, uh, he rushed for almost a thousand yards as a freshman. They're talking about he might be a Heisman Trophy candidate down the road. Uh, Some talented receivers. Uh, This is a tough game. Navy is going to have to completely change what it has shown to date. I mean, as we know, basically one half of decent football, second half of Tulane, and that's it. So. 
And and both Brian Newberry, the defense coordinator, and Ivan Jasper, the offensive coordinator, made it clear they they have to get right quickly. And you know, Chris Cervello has said, and I agree one hundred percent. We have not seen triple option football yet. So Dalen Morris returns as starting quarterback. Let's hope that provides a lift. Ken Niamatololo said that uh, there was a definite energy boost with Dalen being back leading the starting offense in practice. But uh, clearly, Navy has to just completely show a different football team on Saturday if they hope to beat Temple, which is legit. Yeah, before I kick it over to Ward, um, you know, you talked about the one good half of football that Navy played against Tulane. Um, you know, in the midst of my post-golf round celebration uh, after watching Wags shock the world from the tee box yesterday, um, I did somewhat, um, you know, albeit through cloudy eyes, watch Tulane give up a 24-7 lead to Houston yesterday with, with aplomb, with style. Um, basically it was 24, seven, two lane in the second quarter. They lost the game 49, 31. Um, you know, so a 42 to seven run by Houston, uh, mostly in the second half yesterday, which was a, I'll just call it, it's a total ass kicking, um, which makes me number one scared for the Houston game. And number two, very wary of what temple might do at Navy Marine Corps stadium. So word, um, knowing that you'll be working the sticks, number one, what are you looking forward to in terms of, uh, seeing the, the brigade of midshipmen out there. And then number two, you know, what, what do you think the key is for, for Navy to, to kind of, you know, turn the frown upside down because it really it's, it's been, it's been a struggle thus far. With the brigade, I, I, I'm guessing that they'll populate both sides of the stadium in social distance and so forth and so on. So I'm looking forward to real crowd noise. Uh, so that that's that's and just having them present is going to be great. Uh, again, we'll see what they do in terms of ceremony and whatnot. I, I doubt they'll do any of that, right? Because you can't do a march on and uh, comply with the protocol. So uh, that, but that's a great development. Break, break. I think Wags, when he said physicality, that's the X factor. And so I think what does Navy have to do to win? They've got to be. They've got to show up with a fire in their bellies, and that's going to be the thing that determines uh how this game goes entirely the rest is mechanics and 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 you know knowing the playbook and having some consistency at the positions particularly quarterback and i think the return of dalen uh is is should be uh better we should be better with respect to that variable but otherwise it's the intangible of of who wants it and that's what's been lacking except for that one half against Tulane. I guess Tulane's signature this year is is giving away massive leads in the second half. Um, so at least we don't have that going on. But uh, um, yeah, that's it. So um, I, I, I will, and I meant to do this at the beginning, but I'll do it now, um, you know, th- throw a, a word of thanks in Governor Larry Hogan's direction, his statement yesterday. Uh, we were pleased to work closely with the Naval Academy leaders to allow the Brigade of Midshipmen to safely attend this weekend's football game. Uh, said Governor Hogan in a statement, it gives us a great deal of pride to have the Naval Academy here in the state of Maryland. And I want to thank Vice Admiral Buck for prioritizing testing protocols and developing a plan that puts the health and safety of midshipmen first. So uh, obviously a lot of coordination with uh, Governor Hogan's 
office. I'm sure County Executive Pittman was involved as well to a degree. So having the mids there hopefully will you know reverse the curse a little bit. Um, and then having Dalen back under center uh, will help. And I'll use this as an opportunity to apologize to Dalen. I, I was multitasking the other day and actually referred to him as Dalen Smith instead of Dalen Morris. Um, yeah, which we all make mistakes. Uh, I mean, Chris Cervello knows Dalen's name inside and out. Like he, he never forgets Dalen's name, but what do you expect to see from Dalen? Um, you know, between the tackles, you know, when, when the, when the game starts wags, how do you think he'll, he'll perform? And do you think we'll see more of a passing game? Well, I definitely think you'll see uh, so a passing element because that's what Dalen brings. We know he's a tremendous passer. It's very strong arm. He uh, puts the ball on the money, and it's very. Uh, he's got a, you know, he delivers it with uh, very uh, sharp and uh, strong element. But I want to see the option. You know, Chris keeps bringing this up, and and really, it is crucial. Maybe to win to have a successful season has to run the triple option smoothly and properly. And I just, I haven't seen enough of anything. And granted, we've had three starting quarterbacks in three games. It's just stop, start. So I, I want to see Dalen Morris run the option. I want to see the, the complete element of the option, the fullback dive. If that's not there and the read is to go outside, I want to see him take it outside and have that, double option factor where the quarterback either keeps it himself and gets some yardage going upfield or he pitches because that's what the read says to pitch. I want to see the triple option. And if we don't start seeing the triple option run effectively the way it's supposed to be run, there's going to be problems this season. I agree. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll see how they can get it going against a very physical, a very, very physical temple team. Um, you know, my, my concern and we'll get, you know, we'll transition right now to, uh, to predictions. I think my concern is that it, it is just so hard to get on rhythm and on schedule with this season. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm quite sure people's eardrums are bleeding right now hearing us say this again, but COVID has now completely thrown everything into, you know, into a great abyss of unknown. Okay. And, um, you know, we, we have to, we have to be able to, um, to adapt and overcome. And that's what people learn, you know, through the physical mission of the Naval Academy. I, I think Strass said the other day that it's been a very, very long time since a collegiate team started three different quarterbacks uh, in three games. Um, you know, not very common. I think the Denver Broncos this year actually started, you know, Drew Locke and then Jeff Driscoll and then Brett Rippon. Um, and, and they're one and three. It, it's not necessarily a, a recipe for success. So hopefully the continuity, uh, will yield, um, something better, but I'll, I'll jump right in with my pick. I think, um, Navy has a hard time getting off the ball, has a hard time getting on rhythm and, you know, it becomes a struggle, but also a low scoring struggle is I think the defense is very pissed off and very upset. Um, you know, after I make my prediction, I'd like to go to WAGS for what you've heard in terms of injuries that we talked about on the, on the last pod, you know, what the status is of some of the defensive standouts uh, who were injured in the last game. But I'm going to go with a 21 to 10 Temple victory. 
I say that through gritted teeth, and I certainly hope it doesn't happen, but that's my prediction. Wags, over to you for your prediction and any injury updates you have. Well, first and foremost, um, Navy does not provide an injury report, so it's only a guess. Um, however, uh, I think I know the nature of some of the injuries that were sustained by, you know, and we'll go through the list here, nose guard, Alaphosia sepia, and I know I've butchered that name. It's a very difficult name to pronounce. We just call him Sia. Uh, he went out of the game early, first quarter. Diego Fago, who is the heart and soul of the defense, inside linebacker. His running mate at inside linebacker, Tama Tuatelli, they both went out. Evan Fockman, standout safety, went out. And uh, Kevin Brennan, we already know, will miss the first half of this game because he was disqualified for targeting. And the rule is that you must miss a full game. He missed the second half of air force and he'll have to sit out the first half of the Tulane game. Um, so if Navy gets any of those five back, it will be a plus. Um, that is concerning. Those are five of the best players Navy has. Um, I will also use said unknowns. The other unknown is this first game business, Temple playing its first game. Here we are on October, the, on Saturday will be October 10th, and Temple's playing its first football game. You mentioned the Houston-Tulane game. I'm pretty sure that was Houston's first game because they've had so many games canceled, postponed due to COVID. And, uh, you know, Ward had mentioned that, you know, I, I talked about no blocking in the Air Force game, and Ward mentioned that perhaps we'll see in a film breakdown that the, some of the blocks were there and uh, the quarterback was a step slow. Well, that was true to some extent. Our friend Mike James posted his incredible breakdowns that he does where he shows you film and how things went wrong. And there was a lot of just missing something that was there. Um, and and it, on the other side of the coin, Air Force was so well-prepared defensively. They just shut down everything. Their players were reading and reacting so well. And so I worry about the preparation where one team has a, a month to prepare for the opponent. Um, I'm afraid I can't pick Navy here, John. I'm going to say 24-21 Temple. I do agree. It'll be low scoring. Um, Temple likes to run the ball. And if they can, it'll shorten the clock. 24-21 Temple. I'm really sorry to have to say that, but Navy hasn't shown me enough right now to be confident to pick them, and the injury situation is concerning. Chris, what's your prediction? So the current line is three and a half points in Temple's favor. So I will take Navy with the points, and I think Wags has got the score about right. I think uh, Temple wins 24-21, but with the points, that's a, Navy, that's a Navy win. So for our betting friends, take Navy and the points. So I think Navy wins if um, if Dalen literally has the game of his life. I think that 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 what people are looking for in this particular environment right now is something to believe in and something to get excited about and someone to be you know like you know I'll 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 let Ward you know sing and play the guitar and play the Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero uh, bar. But, you know, I think that I think we're definitely looking for someone to give us something to believe in. I think Navy wins if Dalen literally plays out of his head and has a great game, um, gets everyone behind him and becomes that leader that so many quarterbacks in the past 
have been. And we're hoping to be joined by Will Worth later on today. And hopefully we can uh, put that into a pod either this week or next week. Um, but you know, someone like Will Worth or Typo or Craig Candido or someone who came out of nowhere and just said, you know what, this is going to be my time and we're going to win. Um, hopefully that happens. I think Temple wins if um, they continue to, you know, just just play the the playbook that that um, you know has been used against Navy so far. Um, it is their first game, but Houston showed last night that first games aren't necessarily a bad thing. Air Force showed us that last week. So hopefully, um, hopefully Navy can stand up to it. But I think Temple, if they if they take advantage of some of the the missing personnel um, in Navy's defense, if indeed they do miss this game, I think that, that they can win if they just play smash mouth football and take advantage of the, uh, of the physical disparity that I think exists between the two teams fundamentally. Now Navy is out toughed people in the past and coach Nehemiah on his press conferences this week was very plain about the fact that they just, they have not been the toughest of teams and, and that's not usually what um, they are criticized for. So, so hopefully they can show some of that, but I, I stand by my pick and, and I think that um, I, I think that they continue to learn from this and hopefully the season gets better, but good gracious, as I've said, you know, it, it does not get any easier. There are no bye weeks between now and Thanksgiving, unless there is a COVID problem, which all of us certainly hope there isn't. Uh, and the, the competition only gets stiffer. Um, it, it will be a very, very tough go of it this season. So, so we will see what happens. Um, or I'm not going to ask you to make a pick because we want you to concentrate on the sticks. Uh, but you know, just from a, just from a perspective of being in the stadium, what are you expecting to see and what are you hoping to see? Well, October 10th is my mom's birthday. She's a huge Navy football fan. Um, so there's some X factor, there's some motivation. Um, you said Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero. And then you said something to believe in, which is a poison song. Um, so you're kind of mixing. Uh, I was hoping you picked up on that. Yeah. Perfect. I like it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, this is always a rite of fall and having mids in the stands does my heart good. So we're already ahead. Uh, against what we did in BYU, during the BYU game. So um, I'm looking forward to a, a great event and a great fall Saturday in Annapolis. Hey, John, I'm going to jump in because you mentioned Dalen Morris needs to have the game of his life. I'm kind of torn because I want to see Dalen chuck it around because I really do believe that's his strength. But if these defensive players are missing, Navy's got to shorten this game. You you got to try to protect your defense, keep them off the field, which obviously did not happen against Air Force. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, maybe Navy's offense is best with Dalen throwing the ball, but in this situation, I feel like you've got to shorten the game, and the only way to do that is to run the ball. That was the point I was going to make. If Dalen throws the ball double-digit amount of times, uh, you know, 10 or more, I think Navy loses. I think that, you know, a few well-placed, well-timed passes uh, along with an aggressive triple option, a consistent triple option gives Navy a chance. If he has to throw the ball, um, you know, 15 to 20 times or more, um, I I think this is a blowout for Temple. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, something struck me and I thought about this the other day when I was watching the uh, Atlanta Falcons Green Bay Packers game. 
Um, and, and almost unheard of drive took place during that game. I'm not sure anyone else was watching. I was watching just because I had Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and my uh, fantasy team. But the Falcons went on a 10 minute and 25 second drive. Um, it, it took almost an entire quarter. Navy has to, has to bring that back in. Um, the, the Falcons were trying to win by keeping Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones off of the field. And it really almost worked, uh, cause the Falcons are a horrible team right now. Um, so ho- hopefully we can do some ball control and, and keep the ball away from them. I think that keeps the uh, score very low. And for Mike Heary and all the other, um, sports betters, uh, out there, I think that the under is probably a safe bet. So I'm with Ward as well that. I think Saturday before the awful weather comes in on Sunday, Hurricane Delta, and and this is my chance to you know throw our thoughts and wishes to the people of uh, Louisiana and everywhere down there that are going to get hammered by this thing and are currently getting hammered. Um, yeah, you know, by the time we reach uh, you know the end of the weekend, it's going to be very bad weather. Uh, so thankfully, Saturday night's going to be one of those idyllic fall evenings, um, and and hopefully. Everyone is able to enjoy it, including the Brigade of Midshipmen. Um, so uh, that is it for picks and for predictions and for uh, pregame breakdown. So hopefully we can get uh, we can get a good game on Saturday, and and hopefully we can also get you know a little bit of celebration going. If uh, last week we had the Blue Falcons at Dry D Five, maybe this week. Uh, you know, the, the Dry 5 crew um, who supports the Sing Second Sports podcast very well, thank you to them, uh, can make a uh, maybe a temple owl or a, uh, a rusty owl. Owl feather. Owl feather. Oh, an owl feather. An owl feather. I like I'd it. I'd be drinking yeah. that. Yeah. See, there you go. I'm, I'm a big fan. So um, one last thing, as someone who attended Villanova University and talking about the toughness of the temple team, if anyone's been on the temple campus, <laughs> if anyone's like been around the school that kids there are tougher. I mean, it's a nasty neighborhood. It's a tough part of Philly. And, and really ever since Al Golden got to temple about 10 years ago, the old temple walkovers are over. Um, and they are now getting those three-star, maybe even two-star recruits that might not be the most talented human beings out there, but are just tough as shit. And, um, a lot of that is due to the environment they're around in, in inner city Philly Number one, a great school. Number two, a tough school. And I think that we're going to see a very tough game on Saturday night. So that does it for uh, this pregame edition of the Sync Second Sports Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope everyone enjoys the game and the nice weather on Saturday night before the crap comes in. Um, I will throw it over to uh, our special guest, Bill Wagner, and our co-host, Ward Carroll, for any last words. My last word is this. Um, thank you again to uh, Governor Hogan. Uh, thank you again to the Naval Academy and Vice Admiral Buck for working to get the mids into the stadium. Hopefully the mids enjoy that experience and enjoy the game. We have a very unique scenario in play here and uh, we all need to make adjustments in order to, uh, in order to live our lives the best, way we, best ways we can. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can make that adjustment and enjoy ourselves Saturday night wherever we are and however we're watching it. Uh, Wags, over to you. What are your uh, last words uh, before we take this out? Well, I hate to use the term must win, but we're kind of getting to that territory. At the very least, we're getting to must play Navy football, win or lose, you know, maybe Temple's just a better team, but win or lose, Navy has to play its brand of football 
which we have not seen to date. Cameron Kinley said something this week during one of our online pressers. He said, you know, you've got to take this personal. If every man does not take what's happened to date personal, particularly the Air Force loss, then something's wrong with them. And I expect to see, uh, as I guess word said, or a fire in the bellies. You know, uh, the Navy, I don't want to say they're in desperate situation, but it's close. You've got to come out and show something. You know, you're going to have your midshipmen there. Show them something. So uh, win or lose, I expect to see Navy play with a sense of urgency. Ward? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And circling back to the conversation about uh, the cynicism of, let's just call them intramural warriors, and I don't mean that in the pejorative because I was one um, when I wasn't on the Severn River. Um, But uh, it gets worse if the team doesn't show up uh, sort of metaphysically. Um, So at at the very least, uh, we hope to see that that variable um, remedied, uh, certainly against the performance against Air Force. The rest is a celebration. Um, it's going to be perfect fall weather. Uh, like uh, John said, Sunday is going to be a disaster weather-wise because of uh, Hurricane Delta. But uh, Saturday's looking good. This is the right of fall. This is Annapolis in the fall. So let's just accept that in this pandemic environment as a... Uh, a brief period of normalcy, uh, follow the protocols, uh, but uh, that's that's a lot in this environment, and I'm I'm very happy to be present. That's a gift, um, and uh, I'm happy to support the AAC as my class does as members of the chain gang. So, just looking forward to a great day. Hopefully, the mids enjoy themselves. I'll put out a little shout out to uh, Unsat Mid. Um, you know, drop us, uh, tag us on uh, Twitter, drop some live tweets during the game. Uh, let us know what the uh, environment is like. And maybe we even bring you in for an Instagram live or something like that on, uh, on Saturday evening. Uh, for our intrepid producer, Chris Cervello, um, little shout out. He and I will be on uh, the TPC Sawgrass course on Monday. Uh, so hopefully as we are uh, hitting the island green with our tee shots, we are celebrating a Navy win uh, over Temple on Saturday night. Um, I want some Instagram live from that. Oh, yeah. I, I will, I will Instagram, Instagram live Cervello dropping a nine iron right in the middle of the green and then Love going it. Drano on the uh, birdie putt. So um, that'll definitely, that'll definitely, definitely happen. So for Chris Cervello, for Ward Carroll on the chain gang, for Bill Wagner, who yet again, another week of just dropping awesome scoops in the Annapolis capital. I am John Schofield. This is the Sync Second Sports Podcast. We will see you next week where we're hopefully talking about a Navy win over Temple. Uh, but for now, we are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show, and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.